Money makes the world go round. As a licensed financial advisor, I can tell you it's true. Because of that, so much of who we are is linked to money. Our fears, our goals, our mindsets, and yes, our personal stories. That's what this podcast is all about. Me and some friends of mine sharing the origins and ongoing chapters of our money stories. Hey everybody, I'm live here from the Kin Carden office for today's uh, little talk, our money chat, our money story. Today we're talking about the green-eyed monster, aka how your own ego and emotions are stealing from you every single day. The first thing I want to talk about is emotional spending. And this is something I know a lot about because it's something I am guilty of. I am a big emotional spender. And this is something that's been kind of a, a trend for me throughout my entire life. If I did well with something, if something really good happened to me, I want to celebrate it. And if there's something bad happened to me, I wanted to comfort myself. And normally this kind of thing would involve food, but more often than not, I would want to go out and spend money on food in order to make myself feel better. It's something we're all guilty of at some point in our lives. And it's really not that difficult to see why. Our entire lives, we celebrate things like birthdays and Christmas and graduations and Valentine's Day. We associate a lot of positive feelings with spending our money or with with consumerism and going out and spending money on things that maybe we don't even really need or want. What we're really searching for is an emotional fulfillment, not a an actual desire or, or an actual need to have something fulfilled. And this is a problem when it comes to working within a financial plan. Because for most people, they don't include emotional spending on the budget when they really should. Because emotional spending will end up crashing your budget if you don't keep it under control. Now, that is definitely one of the ways that you can try and curbtail this. If you are the kind of person that knowingly emotionally spends, it may be worthwhile for you to have a certain amount of money tucked away every month in your budget for emotional spending. And then if you don't go through some sort of emotional override during the month, you can take that money and you can put it away somewhere for the next month. And then you, if you need it for a really big emotional event, well, then you can have it. Obviously, the better method is to just get used to the idea of substituting that spending habit, substituting that emotional reaction by by, by replacing money and spending with something else, whether that be uh, maybe going for a run or exercising, listening to your favorite music, um, having a conversation with a friend. That's a good way to do it too. That's really a personal decision. Whatever you decide is going to be the best way for you to overcome that emotional spending is the way you need to do it. And the other thing I want to talk about how our emotions and things like our ego get in our way of our success is when we come to the idea of investing our money. And this was on very, very clear display this past spring when we had the downturn in the market. Everybody was rushing to pull their money out of the market once it had dropped. And I've talked before about how this is really a a kind of a dumb strategy because you've already lost the money. Why are you pulling it out? 
Um, for most people, it's this emotional response of, I need to protect my money. I, I'm, I'm panicking about this. I'm upset about this. And I feel like I need to do something or else I, I'm going to, I, I, I have to take responsibility for this and I have to do an action to fix this thing right now. Sometimes people don't realize in the world of finance, doing nothing is an action. You are, you are taking the action of doing nothing. You are taking the action of letting the course of the financial market play out. And for some people, it is very hard to see how this is beneficial to them because all they see is the doom and the panic and the headlines that are out there, which, by the way, are designed to evoke your emotions. All those headlines that you see on CNN and CNBC and all these money shows that are trying to make you feel like if you do not do this thing, you're, you're making a mistake. They're trying to make you fearful because first and foremost, fear sells. If it bleeds, it leads, right? Fear sells to these media uh, channels and these websites and these blogs and these podcasts that push the negativity all the time. They want you to be afraid, right? Because that is what sells. That is what gets the click. And I'm not saying this as somebody who is anti-media. I'm pro-media, but I'm pro-responsible media. And I'm saying this because those there are numbers to back this up. There's research out there that shows people are more likely to tune into negative news than they are positive news. So they want to push this agenda of fear because it gets them more clicks. It gets them more likes. It gets them more viewers. So people read that, and when it's all that they are inundated with, they sometimes feel the need to pull their investments out, even when it isn't a smart idea, because suddenly this fear and this anxiety has gripped them to the point where they feel they have to do something. They have to act. Which in some cases can be a good thing, for example, if you're worried about protecting your family for, say, the financial future, that's a good kind of action to get from fear because you're actually taking positive steps. In the case of what happened in the spring, however, that was not a good reaction because people were pulling their money out of the stock market after the drop had already happened. So they weren't doing anything to save their money. They weren't doing anything to recoup the money they had already lost. In fact, what they were doing is actually setting themselves up for failure because when the market drops down and the prices are lower, that would have been the time for them to actually invest more money into the market because as markets continue to rise up, those, mar those shares and those stocks that they bought when they were lower are going to see a return on investment. But the problem is that like most things in the finance industry, people are kept in the dark. This is something that I talk about a lot, which is that the finance industry is deliberately made to be confusing. It's deliberately made to lead you astray or make it look complicated so that you get intimidated by it and you just don't bother with it. That keeps the rich rich by keeping their secrets and it allows other people to kind of stay where they are. But it also plays into your mindset of things, right? So this idea of you have to be able to control your emotions because they are going to be the things that are going to end up hurting you in the long run. 
I know this personally. I'll tell you a little story about how I got to a low point financially and how I was self-sabotaging the entire time. One of the things that was important to me growing up and into my adulthood was I wanted to make an impression that I was living a good life. And to me, that didn't necessarily mean, you know, like what we see making it rain or like showing off with my wealth. That wasn't necessarily what I meant. But what I meant was to me, being successful financially meant you could do A, B, C, D. For example, I would often put money onto a credit card to buy gifts for friends or family that I felt obligated to do because I felt like that is what you do. And it was a sign of success or maybe not even a sign of success, but a sign of not being a failure. Being a failure scared me so much that I was willing to make bad decisions, wrong decisions, stupid decisions with my money in order to placate my own emotional insecurities to say, I am not a failure financially because look at this, I'm able to afford this, this, and this. It's what we call keeping up with the Joneses. That's what I was trying to do. I would see other people in my life, in my family, my friends, who for me, when I looked at them, I saw financial success, I saw personal success, and I wanted to be on their level. And it ate away at me that I could not get to that level. So instead of making the smarter choices, I just did what came naturally, which was spend money. Because again, that's what we're taught. I didn't have the information. I didn't have the education. Not until I got a financial advisor. Once I got myself a financial advisor, he showed me the way. He showed me how I can take my money and invest it in a smart way. He told me how my emotions were destroying my financial future. And since then, I've been able to use a very important word in my world that has been able to save me lots of money. No. It's one of the most simple words in the English language. We learn it very early on in our lives when we're young and we're being told and taught not to do something. No, it happens all the time. And it, when it comes to finances, it's a good thing. But I get it, it's hard. You want to go out with your friends. You guys want to go and do things. You want to buy things. You want to be cool. You want to be, with, you want to be popular. We all want to be loved, Right? And when we have to tell our friends and our family members, no, I can't do this, you feel like a failure. That's how I felt. But the truth of the matter is, you cannot allow yourself, whether it's your emotions or your ego, to get in the way of your financial plan. You cannot allow your own emotions to sabotage you. You have to be willing to say, it's not in my budget. And you have to make it clear that that is a valid reason for not doing something. And if you have friends or family that shame you for that or ridicule you for that or make you feel bad because you are trying to better yourself financially, then maybe it's time that you say no to those people in your life as well. 
because those people are not going to help you get where you need to go. The people who love you, truly love you, who give you the love that you are craving, will understand that those things that they're asking you to do, those things they're asking you to buy to keep up with them, those are not the things that make a relationship. And those are not the things that make a person what they are worth. Your self-worth is not directly connected to your bank account. And you have to learn that. Or else you're just going to spend yourself into poverty and no one is going to love you more or less. Money cannot buy happiness. Uh, and that is a statement I agree with 100%. It can help us get there, but it can't buy it. Putting yourself in debt to impress other people is a surefire way to make sure that you stay miserable and they still won't be impressed with you. Because if that's the way you have to impress somebody, they're the wrong people in your life. So here's my challenge to you today. A couple of things I want you to do. Number one, if you're watching this, I want you to make a comment. Talk about a time, if you can, be vulnerable, open up, that a time that you felt bad or you felt great and you spent money to celebrate and you didn't really need to. I'll even post one myself because I've got lots of examples. <laughs> Secondly, I want you to share this video. I want you to share it either privately with somebody you know who needs to hear this or just on your own page so that people can see it and hear this message that needs to be heard. Third, if you find yourself in that position where you feel like you have a problem spending money emotionally, I want you to reach out to me. I want you to send me a message or I want you to call me. You can find me, all my information's on my Facebook page, and I want you to set up an appointment with me because I can help. I can help you the same way that my advisor helped me. And sometimes that's all it takes is a little bit of information, a little bit of education on how we can do things differently. That's going to be it for today's money story. I want to thank you if you've been watching this live on Facebook or Instagram, or even if you're listening on demand on the Money Stories podcast. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to what I have to say. Uh, I hope you're doing well, and I wish you the best of luck on your financial journey. Good luck, everyone. Follow my ongoing money story on social media at Patrick Conta Advisor. Thanks for listening.